This whole episode might be useless. A couple spoonfuls of instant coffee things, oh. doodads. Obviously, you're right. It's a cup. It's a spoon. Noose. Uh, noose. <laughs> Descaler and cleaner. Hand and brush method. Purchase pellets. Rice is something that's if you don't want to pay for the, the product. Tear apart the grinder oh, and clean it. That's my favorite. Welcome to Bean Stuff. We are going to go through some of the coffee equipment, coffee pieces, things around coffee that we use, uh, that we enjoy and think that might be helpful for uh, somebody else out there. It's something that we use that may be not useful to others, I don't know. <laughs> this whole episode might be useless. <laughs> I guess I'm, just gonna be, I'm not saying that. This is our list of what we couldn't do without. So when things first started out, Dan, what was, what was it? What what all did you need? Good question, Reed. <laughs> it's interesting. It was pretty basic, <laughs> and I would need a jug of water, kettle in, in the US, uh-huh. uh, a couple of spoonfuls of instant coffee. Yes, <laughs> instant coffee. We used to call it after my sister Judith Coffee. Ooh, <laughs> it was a delightful thing, though. It was, it was like a good thing. It was, it, we really not, enjoyed it. It's not a yeah, <laughs> and some. Regular milk or half and half, perhaps in the states, and that would be our equipment. That would be a cup of coffee, and we would go, "Yes, this is good. This is good." And you know, it's funny now that that's changed a lot. We've got a lot more equipment. We've got a lot more pieces and things and oh. doodads and I mean, you go doohickeys. Into, yeah, you go into a cafe in those days, and it was decaf or caffeinated, basically, and that was it. The, but as you say, the did you say the word doohickeys? Doohickey. <laughs> doohickey. Uh, you've got espresso machines that you can have at a shop. You can have one at home. Right. You can have a pour over, a cold brew. You can have a cafe latte, cafe mocha, cafe macchiato. It just goes on. Goes on and on. And that's just the type of coffee. Then you can have all the different uh, equipment that you can use at home and some and, or at a shop to say, I can make this a better tasting coffee. Right, it's it's amazing how much how much there is. You know, we you had given a good analogy uh, to us before the show, which was that there it's kind of like your Model T, like your Ford Model T mm-hmm. versus like the Ford Mustang today. Today, you mm-hmm. know, there's there's a lot more features and stuff on the new yep. on the new Mustang as compared to the Model T. And that's an interesting one because I still talk to people today say, actually, Paul. I appreciate all your passion. I appreciate yeah. all that, but I actually just want a, a Ford T. Thank you. Ford, yeah, you know, and there, and there are some times with a Ford Model T is a good thing. It's simple. It's easy. It's it's reliable. So one of the first things that we wanted to start with was a cup. Now cups, I think, have a big. Uh, they're a big player in our coffee lives. Yes, yes. I'm going to talk about cups a little further down too, but uh, you're right. For me, I thought about it. For me, what are the things that the two things I couldn't do without? And obviously, you're right. It's a cup. A cup. And it, it does help to hold the liquid. It does. But then it gets sort of complicated because, well, am I having an espresso or a flat white? Right. It, and those are different size cups. Or you can have an espresso in a flat size, you know, white size cup. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I would not want to put it in a cup I use for a tea, which I like as well. So suddenly you've <laughs> those got are this, two different things. So cups becomes quite important. And it, to hold your special cup, the mm. one that you have, you've had great memories mm. from, of drinking great coffee and great conversation. Yeah. That, that's a special cup. I've got that a few is, of those. Those are special ones. Mm-hmm. And then some of the other tools that you might have would be like a, an electric jug. That's true. I didn't give my second one though. And that was oh, the other thing one? was my favorite spoon. 
Ooh. I know the spoon, you're putting sugar in. No, not to put sugar in. Yeah. But this is now, I've moved on in the last 20 years is cupping and all those sorts of things. Oh, like your favorite cupping spoon. Exactly. There are a lot of cupping spoons out there. I didn't know that you can, but the stainless steel one, nice. So you those would be your two go-to, like those are your things. Yeah. Yeah. A good cup, cup and a good cupping spoon. It's funny when I go away sometimes, I take those two things with me. <laughs> Partly because the cupping spoon, because I'm going to a conference on coffee, I want to we're going to cup coffee. I mm. want to use my own spoon because I get familiar with it. It's just the same taste, right. consistency. That makes sense. Makes a big difference. And in my hotel room, oh, it feels like I'm home because I've got my cup. Yeah, exactly. And some of the other tools, you know, those are the ones that you yeah, you sorry. personally feel like those yeah. are the those are the big ones, yeah. the big two. Yeah. Uh, but some of the other things that we use often, very frequently, yes. would be an electric jug mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a stovetop kettle. That was a, a cultural thing for me coming to the States uh, that everyone would, and they still do a lot, is they put water into their kettle and it goes on the stove and it seems to take forever to to boil. And I was used to coming from a culture that have a jug of water, an electric jug that you push the button and you walk away and you come back and it's <laughs> and boiled. It's, boiled, yeah. it's just like done. Well, and I think to, to further that, you know, there are now even uh, electric kettles. You can have a preset it's temperature. Co- yep. You can it's wonderful. do a lot of different, there's like electric jugs that have the right, you know, spouts for pouring oh. and all sorts of different things. So there's a lot of innovation there in is. There. So you, you can take that electric jug and if you, all you're going to do is get an electric jug or electric kettle, mm. you've done well. But as you say, you can go the next step and get the noose, uh, noose. <laughs> <laughs> the gooseneck goose, <laughs> and uh, it pours in a, a precise way. It's mm-hmm. really nice. And it keeps your temperature. You can set it. I have a friend who has one that sets and it just keeps it at 200 degrees, whatever right. Fahrenheit now, almost boiling. Yeah. And uh, you come back later and it's still doing it. I'm, I'm not sure what the, the energy bill is doing, but whatever. <laughs> right. Well, and, and the other thing we've got here, which doesn't sound, it's not as sexy as some of the other things here, no. but uh, <laughs> descaler oh. and cleaner. Number one, descaler sounds disgusting. <laughs> yes. I don't want any scales near and my coffee. And when do you want to clean? I mean, come on. And and cleaning is, doesn't sound as fun, but what are you talking about when you say a descaler and cleaner? I was thinking about these things that I couldn't do without, and I mean, you can, but, but I was thinking if my grinder, for instance, mm-hmm. or my espresso machine gets dirty, Right, and I don't clean it, and I don't descale. It's descaling is really taking the calcium that gets caked up on in, on the pipes inside the inside the, the espresso machine. machine. Is it inside the espresso yeah. machine, or you get all this from grinding coffee? You get all this oil and stuff that starts imparting its own um, flavor to the coffee. Mm. Suddenly, your coffee that you're enjoying suddenly doesn't taste as good. Why? Just because you haven't cleaned it. I, I would think of it like if you'd never cleaned the plates you eat off. Yes. It's eventually or quickly going to become something that is a detractor from what you're mm-hmm. eating. Some may try and you know put it away and say, oh, no, it gives a, a maturity to the taste. It just makes it deeper and whatever. No, no. it's just, Unfortunately, it's a little lazy. But there's... Yeah. I've thought about how I've gone about it. And I've gone through the hand and brush method. <laughs> Which so is this is for the grinder there. For the grinder, I'm thinking now, yes, where it's a light. It's just the easiest way. You just sort of quickly sort of get the brush out and see what you can see. You, you flick that off. Right. Then you can move to the vacuum and sort of suck some of that up. And, and that cleans it, sort of, but doesn't yeah. get down to the guts of the, uh, the grinder. There. There's, there's more blades going on down there than mm. you can see. So what other things can you put in there to clean? You can it? you can actually even purchase, mm. purchase pellets. Hmm. Um, and they go in the grinder not with your coffee. Right, uh, you don't want to drink it. Which, yeah, and you put it through and it officially cleans the, the grinder as it goes through the, the, wow. the burr grinders or whatever. Mm-hmm. It goes through that and cleans that. 
I haven't done a lot of that, but uh, a lot of cafes use the uh, the pellets uh, to do that. You can also do rice, is that correct? Rice is something that if you don't want to pay for the, the product as such, you still have to pay for some rice, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, yes, it is. But you've got to be careful with rice because it's much harder than the pellets. Or, or you mm. know, it, and can, if, it can really stress the motor of the exactly, grinder. Exactly, exactly. And it also can have its, its, it, the starch and the rice is going to gum up some of the stuff too if you, you're mm. sort of using a lot of that. So uh, some say use quick cook rice. I don't know. I've never done it, So, but uh, that's what I was told. Yeah, and the last way you can do it is obviously to tear apart the grinder oh, and clean it. That's my favorite. I've seen you do it a couple of times. Oh, just a couple of times. I'd probably do it in the middle of the night. You don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing to see how far it comes apart and then how far it goes back. To, you know that it that it works again. It, it, not it, that I have, <laughs> not that I don't trust what you can do. I know, no, you're, you're right. You're good right. At your abilities, but uh, though the grinder is also quite. It's far quite apart. surprising to find the screws that they hide them. <laughs> and, you know, you know, the bottom of the feet often right. those, those rubber feet. You've got to pull the rubber foot out to get to the screw to undo it it's like oh, i never knew that little secret tip there little secret tip so my question is on the next piece is which is cupping spoons what to you oh yes what for for paul allen what makes a good <laughs> cupping spoon now i would preface this with and i i might even i might even put a link or like like stitch in the video here but there is uh ice cream tasters use golden spoons because oh, gold right. has you no told me taste about that once that's right so we might throw that in right here so in tasting what we do is take a small amount right off the top. It doesn't take much. That's the warmest part right here. I'm going to invert the spoon. Mm. Cover all 9,000 taste buds. Aerate it. Warm it up. Driving up that top note, that cream, pure vanilla, sweeteners. Mm. That's a 10. But for Paul Allen, what makes a great cupping spoon? What makes a spoon that you take with you even? It's it's probably, again, it's a little motion attached to it. It's right. probably just... Who gave it to you potentially? Who, exactly. I've got a, a Brista Caravan one that I use all the time. It's But it also, it's I like the stainless steel. I don't uh -huh. like too big because... Yeah. I'm, I can be a bit messy and I can spill it because <laughs> you've got you've got to put the spoon in, get a nice level amount of there. So for me, I do that because so you know I know it's consistent every time, right. and you you sweep it up. Well, and, and for people who are listening and don't know what a cupping spoon is, oh. it's more like a soup spoon than yeah. like a you know what you might eat your cereal with. That's right. And with as with soup spoons, you can get different styles, different how the metal right. it's made out of, and they all do make a difference. But I got used to this one, and after twenty years. When I think about a coffee that I'm slurping now, mm -hmm. it, it help, I can take the spoon effect away because I'm so used to it. I, I don't think of that part anymore. Right. So you're looking for a good weight, I guess, as well. There's so balance on your spoon. That's true. You can even get little holsters. I haven't got one, but wow, you, can put your spoon, you can put your spoon in like a gun. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's how you know someone's gone. Well, it is. But if you cup a lot of coffees, you've got a lot of things going on your hand. You've got your notes that you're trying to take notes of. You've got Fair. a cup, that your spit cup you're going on. You've got a spoon. You don't have three hands. So it's quite handy just to put it in you there. Like a, little, a little pocket. You could, but of course, if you know, it could get a little messy because you've, you've been slurping on that spoon. Anyway, one of the other things that we, we uh, that you use quite often, I do, and it's a good gadget. And this, oh. I think, is getting more into the nerdy side of things. Oh. But is a Wemo switch, and and I, I will start by saying this is not specific to coffee. Although that's how no, you that's how use I use it. the Wemo switch, and all it is is an electronic switch that you plug in uh, to your outlet to, to your plug, and it connects via Wi-Fi. Yep. 
and you connect it to your Wi-Fi. And actually, I probably, I do. I use this as you do. I right. use it every day. Well, so it's it, it's the Wemo Switch. Yes. It connects to your Wi-Fi. There's an app for the Switch. Yes. But there's another application, which this kind of goes on into the weeds out of our podcast, but it's called IFTTT. So IFTTT. That's right. Um, if can, this, then that. I can never that. remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's called If This Then That. And you can set up these little things. And you have one set up basically that says when Paul Allen gets within this radius <laughs> and you have a little radius around the house. It's like looking at a map and you've got the circle of how right. far you want the radius to be. And so it says when Paul Allen gets within however large this radius of the, is of the house, turn that Wemo switch on. And you, in all your infinite wisdom, have <laughs> set it up so that, and you've tested it. I've set it up, to, so my, my espresso machine is plugged into that Wemo switch that says right. if it, my car drives into that area, it'll turn on whatever it's going to turn on. But you've tested it, and you have set up the perimeter of that yes. to be uh, the perfect distance so that when your car <laughs> enters that, by the time your car gets home, I forgot I did that. That's right. By the time your car gets home, the machine is at a, at the perfect temperature, temperature. You don't and want to, position right. to make I mean, coffee. You don't want to come in and it's just turning on as you come in the door because you've got another twenty minutes before it's warmed up. Oh well, yeah, no, well, maybe not twenty minutes, no, but ten minutes. Too ten long. minutes, but you've got it set up so that as soon as you walk in the door, <laughs> you could literally walk over and make a coffee. And aside to that, also I didn't realize as I did that, and also I've got to do the opposite. So when I go out of that circle, that that, that map circle, mm. uh, it will turn. If I haven't turned it off already, it will automatically turn the machine off yeah oh that is just to me that's just wonderful there's an aside to that that my wife she knows also when i'm coming home because she she's in the kitchen or wherever she hears the machine come on and it's just filling up with water mm-hmm. and she's oh oh paul's coming home <laughs> he's 10 minutes away <laughs> um this is something that i like to use quite a bit but yeah. is a, a a permanent filter i guess you might call it but a a, a metal filter for the aeropress oh yeah that's a good one we've got a we've got two different ones we've got the uh the able brewing one mm-hmm. and then we've also got the kohi and i like the kohi it's like a metal fabric mm-hmm. thing so it's a little bit more uh it doesn't bend as easily it doesn't it's more uh, rugged, maybe is the right word, mm-hmm. but uh, it does a really good job of getting all the fines out of your AeroPress. It's good. But it's also you can just use it and use it and use it. And I use like it. that part. The same with the with the Able. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's reusable. And I like that very much with it. And those are both really good filters. But the one thing, yeah, that I was worried about when I started using it is that it would actually taint the flavor. Mm. But I don't find that it does, no, and good. I'll put links to both of those two yeah. in the in the description. I there. was looking at when I was looking at this, studying, preparing for this. I found another one. Um, it's called the Aero. Well, what's it called? I don't. Oh, the fellow Pris, uh, the fellow Prismo, which is like you were saying with with the Abel and the Kohi. It, it's a round thing, but it's sort of mm. different, and it sort of puts all the coffee through the middle. And it makes it more like, and more like, I haven't tasted one, is an espresso. Mm. And the way it f- comes out is just like that. And I thought, wow, you can, I'm surprised what you can do with a uh, the, the AeroPress. There's an AeroPress Mark II out now, too, I Ooh. believe. They've changed a few things. You can look that up. But, uh, they've tweaked it. To, they've tweaked it. They've tweaked it. And the other thing that we, or you, use very often mm. is, uh, is a scale. You use it for... Yes. You have a scale built into your grinder, which is one thing, and it weighs the amount of grounds that, I mean, in your coffee. That, that is really nerdy, and I do love that. It it's a little nerdy. expensive to start with, but uh, to put your porter filter or your coffee filter in, and mm. you can walk away because it just does and it pours out exact weight you want. <laughs> right, and that's very nice. And who makes that grinder? 
Uh, Bariz, uh, Britza. Baritza, and that's a great, great grinder. They have other models too, yeah. and other good grinders that don't have scales and all the things like that. But uh, uh, that is a really good grinder. But you also have a scale for the for the shots. That's right. And as I was thinking about this, this is a piece of equipment I again use every day and find it very useful uh, because it's one, it's very accurate. Times my shots and weighs them and grams as such. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it does both. So you can see how long your shot's going, yeah. how many grams you've got. And then, uh-huh. and you can do all sorts of ways that it, it's going to record that. It's quite amazing. But it has an app with it as well. So you can actually look on your phone and you can set it going on your phone and you can send, share it with people on the phone. Wow. It's a pretty, what do you call that? Uh, complicated, not complicated, but powerful tool. It's a very powerful tool. There's a lot built in that. Yeah. And that's the Akai scale. That's right. I didn't say that. It's right. It is. Um, and I like that. You can, we've got one at work, the Nokia. Um, that one's not as powerful. It, it's, it's accurate, which is great. And the scale mm. needs to be, you don't want to scale you. The old ones we used to have weighing it, you don't know if it really was 30 grams or if it was 40 grams. You want to make grams. sure it's accurate, make sure it's yep. doing its job. And what the um, plus and minus of, of the scale is, so mm. it can be one gram within, you know, half a gram. That's probably not, not accurate enough. You want it to be really accurate. And how fast it gets to that shot too. Um, because if, if if it says, you know, 10 grams and then 10 seconds later, oh, or 14 grams, by that time you've probably right. got 40 grams in your cup. But anyway. Right. And then there's also the Hario scale. We don't use that one, but that's similar to that's what the, saying, the, at, the at Caravan. Scale. Yeah, it is. It's Akaya. They have a lot of technical stuff that and apps that go with their scales. Hario might now too. I don't know. Uh, one of the other most important things is a <laughs> thermometer. And I remember uh, you've gone through iterations of this because you had an you had an analog thermometer to begin with. I did, and then I went to then my, you had the one with the Lego brick. On I it. just got, I forgot it. As you see that, I was thinking it was that. like a, a digital thermometer that there was a. Yeah, you can think of it like there was an attachment on the <laughs> milk pitcher that had the like the negative side of or like the That's the right. female side of the Lego brick, and then the <laughs> digital scale went and had the male side of the Lego brick clicked into that, and it would like sit on the little arm and yeah, and, yeah. and depending the size of your jug, you would have more Lego to make it higher or lower so it would fit into right. the milk pitcher. It was it was it was quite a good machine. It was quite good. And, then, and currently you have an, another digital one that sits with a little like a uh, little paper clip kind of thing on the side. Yeah, that's my own thing I've done on the, the engineers. Like, there's a paper clip on the side that I've put this the, the thermometer through for the milk. And I mainly use that when I'm making espressos and flat white. So right. there's a thing out there, a lot of probably good baristas can touch it and feel how hot their milk is. Mm. I don't know, perhaps I'm just getting a little older, but my, my hands are not so sensitive in that way, or perhaps they're more sensitive. Yeah. I don't know. But I like to know it's between whatever um, degrees that I know I'm going to taste it without burning the milk. So that becomes a fairly important tool that I use every day and I want it to be accurate. And the digital part is, is helpful to that. And there's a lot, you can buy a lot of the digital ones. We, mm-hmm. There is analog again. They just have a little more room to sort of error as, as such as they look at what the actual temperature is. Yeah, and, and then uh, we kind of hit, hit, hinted on this a little bit, but cups, cups are very important. They really are. You don't think of them because you use them all the time. Right, but, but you don't want a cup that's too large for a flat white. Yeah. You want something that feels good. You want something that you like. I like mm-hmm. going to Goodwill and looking at the deals on mugs and buying mugs. I buy too many mugs. Mm-hmm. But there's something about uh, the emotions, and you had said even at Sensory Summit, they they mentioned the color of the mug is important. Exactly. I was really surprised that um, at Sensory Summit we looked at the color and the mm. shape, and that made a huge difference on 
just the feeling you had of the exact same coffee. It was weird. Mm. A red one was really great here, but in another country, the green one was way better. They'd buy still a lot more in the shape of the teardrop or the, you know, it's just, it's just, it was amazing how that cup mm. had a real um, bearing on whether you like the coffee or not. And that might be something interesting at coffee shops to see what different types of coffee cups they have. I know I've walked into coffee shops with you and you've purchased cups from the coffee shop. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's true. I forgot I have, which is again an emotional thing. I've, I've, uh, where there used to be a place where we live between Palmerston North and Wellington. We'd mm. stop there. And I love their coffee, and I must therefore love their cup. Mm. And I asked the lady once, I said, uh, as we finished our, and we were about to go, I said, would I be able to buy some cups? And she looked at me like straight, no one ever asked that question before. She goes to her, her um, manager out the back there, and they come, yeah, we'll sell that for this price. And the lady, I just looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I would have just given it to you for free. <laughs> But it was worth it. I paid for it. And I, yeah. I, even here now, back in the States, I still have those same cups. Another thing that's helpful, maybe not so much at home, more at the cupping table, but is apps that you use for taking mm. notes while you're cupping. What apps do you use? It's a good question. You don't tend to think of it, but you do think of it a year or two later when you say, I can't remember what that coffee tasted like. Right. Or, that was my favorite coffee, but what, what was my favorite coffee? Yeah. I can't remember. And you can go the real detailed, like the, the Specialty Coffee Association, their way. And when I started, it was the, the cupping lab was the app mm. you'd get. Today, I use one called Catador. Mm. And there's, there's a few of them out there. But it's helpful just to have a um, notes of what you you tasted and you've got it for ever as such. You can go back and say, okay, I, I don't want to get that one again. Mm. Or you can go more... Um, consumer, more just general ones. I've used one recently called the Angel Angels Cup. There's mm. a lot of them out that you just go onto whether onto your um, Apple or to Google, and you you will find on the store there. There's a lot of them out there, right? Which is going back to the uh, Kaya one mm. of that scale. It has an app that I use quite often, and it it can you can tell it that I'm using a different pour over. I'm using the cone. I'm using right. the Chemex, and it will adjust it, and it will remind you. Oh, this is how much coffee you put it in last time. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that again. Yeah, and I want to jump down to books. Yeah. Good. I think that the, uh, you know, there's a lot of books that we even use on this podcast. That's right. What books, Dad, do you find have been really helpful in your coffee journey, but even in today? It'll be interesting, folks writing in or talking to us in terms of what books they have found helpful. And there's, right. a, there's a lot more than there used to be, let me say that. Mm. First, uh, what I've, the progression I've used, and it may not be the right progression, mm -hmm. but... And the, the first two I, I use, I if people ask me, what, what's a good book? I've got this friend who's a really nerdy coffee guy. What book would I get them? I would say one of these two. Mm. And one is called Coffee Obsession. And we just say we've used it for podcasts by Annette uh, Moldvere. It's a DK book. If you know about DK, it's, it's, we used to use it when mm. growing up with education type books. It's only, I looked on it yesterday, it was just $18 on Amazon. And that's a very all-inclusive book. It, it is. It's got it, lots in there. You'll have more in there than you will. It's how to make drinks, what mm -hmm. drinks type they are, Sumatra, whatever country, what, what they're doing as right. such. It's, it's a good all-round book just to buy some of but to have yourself, you will be more than happy. Right. There's another one called the World Atlas of Coffee. It's it's similar. It's got a slightly different way it goes about it mm. by James Hoffman. It's about twenty four dollars. Another good book if you do you want to know more about coffee. Mm. You're getting interested. It's a good book. And I find even as someone who's ex, you know, more experienced in twenty years in the coffee industry, I find it still helpful. And I go, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then there's the uh, the Coffee Roasters Companion by Scott Rail. Yeah, 
there, there wasn't any books like this when I was starting coffee roasting, and it's right. become more popular now. And there's a few books starting to come out that are mm. very good in the detail. You may not agree always with the detail, but it gives you some good starting blocks mm. and, and, and further on to say, Somewhere okay, to let's kind of try. build from. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's the Monk of Mocha. Here we're getting to more, what do you call it? Uh, um, I was going to say biopsy, but it's not what I was thinking. No, bio, bio, biography. Yeah. And autobiographies. Uh, it's about the story of how Yemen and how that got coffee and how it's back mm. in now. And uh, by uh, Dave Eggers, twelve dollars, very quite cheap. In fact, we, Rachel and I, my wife and I, were walking on the street the other day, and there was a, a, a table that had free stuff from a garage sale, mm. and on there there was a set of discs of the Monk of Mocha, <laughs> and so I took them and gave them to a friend. There's another <laughs> one. There's another one. This is a little more technical, but it's 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 wide. It's a very powerful book called. I the would say you have a little bit of a bias towards this oh, one. Oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. That's <laughs> true. The book, yeah, and I don't mean that to, to discredit the book at all. I think it's a very good book. <laughs> it's a thick, big book. It's a little bit. It's almost like a textbook almost. But it's the book of roast, right? But yeah, by Royce Magazine, and they've taken a lot of the articles from Royce Magazine that comes out every two months. And they've brought them together, and you can look at all sorts of topics, and you can go as deep as you like. Some of those written by uh, Paul Allen. Oh, could be. If you want to know about the the Lanez Cafe, uh, you go in there, and you'll find all about <laughs> it there. And then the last one is Coffee Covered by Roast. By Roast. And that's just a nice book to have on your table, and it's got lots of pictures, and it's very detailed in terms of, and very accurate in terms. Of, I think that one's about $40 compared to the, the book of Roast. It's about 125 but that's a big book. It's like yeah. a textbook. And books... How about doing this? Just subscribe someone or yourself to Roast Magazine, to Fresh, Fresh Cup. Cup. There's a whole lot of magazines out yep. there. There's, I used to go subscribe ones in, in New Zealand and enjoy just looking through it. And it, it, it can be really enjoyable if you like coffee. Definitely. And let's kind of look at some of the stuff that we go through that we use all the time that's kind of our go-tos it's not necessarily all the oh, latest gizmos and gadgets in the world of coffee but those are the things that we can't live without that's right 